This episode is sponsored by Rhythm Changes, a blog about creative music in Canada by Will Chernoff. If you're a fan of jazz and improvised music, don't miss out on the free weekly article at Rhythm Changes every Tuesday morning. Hundreds of fans in our scene are reading the article every week by email. Join them now and become a member for free today at rhythmchanges.ca slash PSR. That's rhythmchanges.ca slash PSR. Thanks to Will at Rhythm Changes for supporting the show. There's so much talent in Vancouver. I'm really impressed. Like, I feel like I've never seen the city blossom so much with so much just like originality too, like different niches. And I'm incredibly impressed. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this episode, we're speaking with Kate and Lauren Kurdiak, the creative duo behind Vox Rea. Vox Rea combine elements of dark folk, moody hip-hop, and contemporary R&B into a style that they call noir pop. Their self-titled debut record brims with a cinematic atmosphere and is one of our favorite releases of 2022. Let's take a quick listen to the first single off of the Vox Rea LP before we get to my conversation with Kate and Lauren. This is Dose Me Up. Woke up crying in my childhood bed Terror of my soul and terror of my head Used to wake up perfectly content Blood, moon, rise and heaven sent Thank you for uh, coming on the show. I've been really enjoying the the album you put out this year, and of course, this is the first time I've had you two on the podcast. So, wanted to start with some general bio background questions. How did Voxria come together? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a long time coming. Like we started a project in music ten years ago that's evolved its way through the years, and then Voxria was a bit of a pandemic project. It was we knew we used to be the Catherines. Uh, Back in the day, there was three of us, and uh, we kind of always knew that we wanted to move away from that name and that project and, and create something that felt a little bit more like us. So during the pandemic, we sort of came up with the concept for Vox Rea and released the album, and uh, here we are. Yeah. I guess Vox Rea is like, what, two years old? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the original name that you went by was the Catherines, and in fact, you released an album under that name a couple of years ago. What prompted the rebrand? Yeah, I mean, it was something we always wanted to do. Like we, we always felt um, with our experience with the Catherines that it limited us in a way. Like the kind of questions we got asked, we just we were pigeonholed as a girl band and nothing else. Which and it's super cool being a girl band, but we, I think, just wanted a bit more um, flexibility, like in not not being pigeonholed as that we also started working with Mitchell and so the band became not just a girl band and uh the Catherines was also a name that was given to us it wasn't one that we chose so I think when we approached like this this album that we put out under Vox Rea we knew 
we wanted to to rebrand in a way that sort of reclaimed ownership and felt like it was our project and our concept and yeah. uh i think also like the catherine's is very much a high school project at least for you i know you were in the studio like in grade 11 trying to write all these different tracks with different producers um but vox Freya very much is like a post you know post university like it's all kind of like coming together now like we know what we want it's not somebody telling us who we need to be or what what we sound best doing it's like this is what we want to do so I think that was a big purpose of the shift was like okay this is the new project this is our project it's all here it's nowhere else it's birth you know right here so I guess for us we felt like a reintroduction was necessary like to be able to make that switch and just have it feel uh I don't know like it happened yeah and was it the case with the Catherines, uh, more of that music was made with songwriters, whereas with Vox Rea, it's primarily you folks writing them? Totally. Yeah, like uh, the Catherines is really like, like you said, I kind of started it in high school and it was like experimenting with tons of different producers and it was super fun, like lots of different writing sessions, lots of different people's ideas. And then when we approached Vox Rea, it was much more in-house, like we did a lot of the writing just as a band, which was a new thing for us. And uh, we sort of recorded it all just with one or two producers and it just was a different, different vibe. And that actually ties into a question I, uh, I had obviously in preparation for this conversation. I had a chance to listen back to your first release to bring you my heart. And I noticed that the, the vibe and atmosphere tends to shift from song to song, especially when you're playing different styles. How does the new record, the self-titled Vox Rea record, compare in this regard or his contrast in this regard yeah I mean it's exactly that like I feel like the the to bring you my heart was like I mean high school in the sense that it was like trying on all these different identities and uh it was like in song form that was what that album was was just like maybe I can be this maybe you know we're maybe this is who we are and whereas I think when it came to Vox Rea like we knew that we we knew much more of what we wanted to do and so we went in and we were like no this is what it's gonna sound like and we sort of approached it from that perspective and it was much more like yeah we we settled in a little bit and we weren't trying on all these different hats we kind of knew what fit the band seamlessly blends dark folk rock with down tempo hip-hop beats especially with this most recent release and when i saw you at cats i heard you blend toxic by britney spears with wicked game by chris isaac which was super cool what do you find rewarding about fusing styles together in your songs? I feel like it comes naturally and, you know, it's funny that you say find it rewarding because it's like I don't, it's, I'm trying to figure out like how to, because I feel like it's not even something we really think about. Like it's just the way that it happens to be and it's um, like I know we love mass up, mashups because it, it, it's more interesting when you're going to take somebody's song like it's it's more dynamic rather than just doing their song the same way you know the same way they do it with your own voice or your own technique but that is I guess the, the way we approach mashups is that like where it's like if you're gonna do somebody else's song it's like you gotta bring your own flavor to it and I guess that's true of like the way that we try to fuse styles as well like but it's interesting you say hip-hop because it's funny that's like one of our it 
I guess that's that's a little bit what the producers brought to the album too. Like so much of our writing is just like down tempo, like sad folk songs. And then what's fun about producers and like collaborating with incredible musicians is you'll like bring this like sad down tempo song and they'll be like, okay, how about we speed it up 10 BPM and like bring in this like trap beat and just like see what happens. And that's like the beauty of working with people outside of your field is like, we tend to stay in our lane and then we like go to other musicians who are way better than us in different fields and just like they bring magic and that's you know the coolest thing about making music is like when you mesh all those styles together and different people's influences for example with the the show i saw you two uh perform yesterday I cite, you know, folk rock influences, <laughs> but I didn't see a, a single acoustic guitar on stage. No. Or a ukulele or anything like yeah. that. No, that's kind of a new thing. Like we, I mean, when we started out, it was very much like folk. Like uh, there was always an acoustic guitar on stage and that was kind of the extent of it. And then I feel like lately we've been moving towards like a more electronic fusion just because it's, we've been having a lot of fun with the sounds. Like I, I feel like the kind of music we've been gravitating to, like our guilty pleasure music these days is kind of like EDM. And it's, that's maybe not something we'd admit to. I mean, I guess we just did, <laughs> but like yeah, that's, I mean, there's something about like the, the, the gravity of those sounds that they're able to use in that music that like those huge bass and just like the way it, it sort of like goes up your entire body and makes you feel and I feel like we just love that so much so we've been trying to find ways to bring that to our music and our live shows and uh, that's sort of where we've been leaning a little more electronically though also like some of our favorite shows are just like stripped back just a guitar just a piano like people sitting down like just very acoustic very chill like that's sort of the way that we write that's that's like home base but i don't know it's just something about the 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 electronic sounds that we we have been kind of obsessed with lately it must be nice having that versatility though that you can easily play an acoustic show if you want um and just you know leave the leave the samples at home yeah and that's something like that's that's important to us too like i feel like that's the mark of a good song at least for us, is like it, it's only a good song if you can strip everything back, all the bells and whistles, and just play it one instrument, even a cappella, and it stands alone. Like I, I, that's something that we always try to achieve with our writing. Like we, we try not to let the electronic and the production like do the work for us. You know what I mean? Like I think the mark of a good song is is that at least in our minds. So that's always the goal. Like it's like we love being able to sort of spice it up and and uh, get experimental, but also at the end of the day, like all the songs should be able to be done in that way. That's how we like it. Yeah, only only guitar-based genre I can think of that kind of sounds wonky and acoustic is metal, maybe. But. <laughs> yeah, though even like some, I don't know, it's not always true, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure there's some Metallica songs that like you could like do a Metallica acoustic wow, like, like stripped record and like... Nothing else matters in the Unforgiven. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. that's because they're like ballads. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Like sometimes that's the heart of it and then, you know, you cover it up with some some tuned up amps and distortion pedals and there you go. The Voxria team, of course, includes more than just the core members. Who helped you craft your new record and what did they bring to the project? Mm. Mm-mm. Uh, we did most of the record with, uh, Connor Seidel and Tim Buran in Montreal. They're kind of like, they were when we started working with them in the cult nation camp there. And the reason we found them was cause they were working with Charlotte Cardin and she was like someone that just, we absolutely loved her music in Canada. And, and she does the electro fusion thing 
so well like where it's you know like an incredible voice and like beautiful songs but then there's that trap element there's those electro fusion kind of done seamlessly so that's what we were looking for and we found them and we just like went into the woods this like studio in quebec and we it was the first time too where we just went and like did like a week of straight recording like and did most of the record all in one go which was kind of a new experience for us very much like lived breathed ate slept the music and it's so fun yeah they were they're they're awesome like Connor's a beast and he's just like this incredible hard worker like he'd be up at 4am like mixing vocals and like up till 12 you know the night before like he just he's a machine and then Tim's like a bit more like floaty sort of he would be in the back like with his electronic keyboard just like putting in the craziest sounds and they just like bounce files back and forth and it was it was so fun to watch them work yeah and to be a part of that so that's how we did most of the record and then we recorded a few songs in Toronto with uh Joel Stuffer and uh, Derek Hoffman. Yeah. What was it like recording, like spending a week in, in semi-isolated surroundings? I feel like it's the best way to do it because you're just fully in it. And having we had Mitchell with us for the first time recording as well. So it was nice just like, you know, because we were talking about how Tim and Connor just bounce ideas off. So having everybody in the room, it just was, you know, it all worked in sync synchronicity but um yeah i think it was great and also just like waking up and still being there like you're not going back to your normal life you're not going to work like you're just you're dreaming it you're waking up you're eating it you're you know like it's just it's all there so i think that was the best way to do it and i think it is the way we're gonna do it like forever is just commit whether it's like two days or you know a week like just being there getting it done not getting distracted i think it's the way to do it if you ever uh, consider somewhere a little bit more local, uh, Jordan Coop at the noise floor on Gabriola Island. Oh, yeah. Well, now we are great place to record. He yeah. uh, he worked with uh, Orville Peck actually. Really? Yeah, he recorded on Gabriola. The, yeah, recorded that first album there. Oh my god, yeah. local would be nice. That I mean, there's something about the beauty here, like being able to do that, and then also look out your window and see the ocean. Wild turkeys running around. Yeah. There are wild turkeys on Gabriola yeah. Island. We could sample Crazy. that. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> next record look out <laughs> just have a horror like sample just like oh no that's just someone getting attacked by wild turkeys <laughs> yes honestly that was another big thing with uh connor and tim is they like were so creative in their sampling like the way like like connor would just be like go like hit the door and like record it on his phone and like that would be one of the beats you know like he's so uh he doesn't it doesn't need to be like perfectly set up drums and tuned and like in a padded room it's like he's he can just go outside and like snap his fingers and throw it into the track it's it's quite cool so kind of on that were all the samples included on the record completely self-made like in-house mm. the, it's a mix it was like a half in-house and then half was like tim probably just going through splice hey like if, or just like he has like like loads and loads of sample packs so he'd just be like trying out all these crazy sounds in the background and then tossing them to connor so it's a it's a fusion yeah there's also just an amazing amount of stuff you can get from public domain. Oh my god, it's incredible! Yeah, and we did a lot of public domain, like, uh, like even like old radio samples. We did that for our music videos too. We we love public domain. Yeah. In a similar vein, I understand that the record was written in various cities across North America. How did your surroundings in that regard inform the material? Mm. I feel like a recurring theme on the album is just like feeling uh, a little bit lost and at sea. 
and I I feel like a lot of that was probably influenced by like so much of it was written uh, like outside of a state of feeling at home you know like we were always either like on the road or just traveling and like in in a state sort of in this post like university like when you're thrust out into the world life where we're just like like who are we where are we like what's going on and I think so much of the record like you hear that in it like whether you know it's like being lost in Toronto and just like trying to do music work in this big city and feeling like you're a tiny little speck of dust or I don't know we were in Berlin for a while that was a little bit more like uh I don't know I mean Berlin's like this funny vibe it's almost like a dystopian wonderland like it's like a dystopian playground and so I feel like that I mean the record is kind of dystopian also so that had an influence where else do we write Boston though that was we we're influenced by other things <laughs> there yeah Many of the band members come from an academic background, mm-hmm. and you cite uh, German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche yeah. as an influence. In what ways is your music a vehicle to explore complex themes or ideas about the human experience? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that the way that that plays in is like we spent so much time when we were sort of building Vox Rea and coming out of the Catherine's era, <laughs> uh, like thinking about like what it actually meant to be an artist and like why we were even doing this and um like if we were to do it like what are the ethics and sort of like how to approach it and i like i studied philosophy in school and my thesis project was sort of all around that it's like what is the role of the artist that was the question i was looking at and uh yeah i don't know i feel like like we just we there's a lot of intentionality that was like done on the front end like and, and i find like when it comes to the actual art like it's like it's something that you don't really conceptualize like that's one of our sort of like tenants I guess as a band is like not to put like overthinking into it or even trying to like push it in any particular direction like I feel like the the beauty of art is like the the process of it and that you're not even thinking about the product while you're doing it like it's like this like means of accessing presence that it's really hard to access in other ways where like if you're doing it right it's like you're completely outside of your own ego and like uh like categorization and conceptualization and you're just like in it and it's like not about the what's going to happen at the end or where it's going or how the song's going to be finished but I, I find like on the front end we just spend a lot of time like and and like sort of even wrote up like our band philosophy and then that basically just influenced like our decision making when it came to all the extracurricular stuff like that you have to do around the music when you're trying to make it your career and uh, just like choices we make when we come up against like I don't know how we want to approach like our visuals and how we present ourselves to the world and like what sort of things we do what things we say no to um, and it's just become like something that we use yeah I was going to say with what you're talking about in terms of the band ethos and philosophy does that tie into the barcode logo that you've developed this is not a product Mm -hmm. yeah and that that's something like it's almost a reminder to ourselves like that's and it's complicated too because like obviously we are like at the end of the day it's trying to sell our music and like sell our merch and make a living but i i think it was more just a reminder like and, and very specific to like the way we approach the art like it's like that and so we put it on all of our art like it's on all of our single covers and it's at the end of all of our music videos and it's just like meant to be like 
like we genuinely like as we're creating the art it's like just not we're not trying to make it into a product like we're not trying to commodify it like it's just this like thing where we're trying to like flow and let it happen and like that's the way we approach it and so yeah it's just become like a um a reminder for ourselves i think yeah and the barcode we just it was kind of like a cheeky (laughs) cheeky move yeah i think we came up with that in berlin actually but i remember we were just sitting and we were like what could our like logo be and then i think it was caitlin was like what if we change like the i don't know anyway so we just it, it kind of became like a, a beacon <laughs> for us because it's so hard like you spend so much time as an artist like fighting with yourself and fighting with the industry around like it, like your ethics as an artist and the reasons that you're doing it and then also like how you justify like you know trying to make it your job and like take money from people and and like the ways that you have to adjust to like fit the needs of the industry and and the ways that you don't and like what those decisions mean and uh yeah it's just something we spend a lot of time a lot of time thinking about yeah especially like the ideas or the challenges attached to the concept of like selling out and like yeah. know, what is credibility yeah and, like i have my own definition of it but i'd be curious to hear what success would mean to you in terms of you know, getting your music out to as many people as possible, but also being able to do that in a way where you can sustain it as totally. a touring, uh, touring artist. Totally. And that's like an ever moving target. Honestly, like that's been something like the idea of sex success has been like something we've had to define and redefine over and over again, especially like we started out in the industry as kids, like, and I, I feel like as teenagers, like, honestly, like it was a little bit more like the Taylor Swift. Like, that's what I thought. I was like, we want to be pop stars and like that was what the Catherine's sort of like represented in our heads I think was like and like when we signed to the label they're like we're gonna make you famous and you're gonna be the next big thing and it's just kind of the whole like drama and like regalia of that all that nonsense and I, I we got really swept up in it for a while as like 16 year olds and girls and just like that whole thing and then I think we sort of like took a step back did some studying some learning and we're just like whoa that's actually not what we want at all and not who we are and uh and just like came back to it being like what what was why did we start making music in the first place and like how can we just like make music that that feels i don't know like it like i I feel like the the trick is like just not it like when it comes to the art itself it's like never um changing it based on what like anything that has to do with commodification or what the industry wants. It's like, that's the biggest thing I think is like the, the biggest marker of like, are you able to just like express freely and have that be enough and not be like sitting in the studio, listening to top 40 hits being like, how can we recreate that? Or like, how are we going to make the next, uh, it's like just being able to have complete freedom of expression on the artistic side and then like figure out like like you said you asked what success is like i do you i mean at this point like we're just hoping to make enough to like be able to eat and live and that's like enough if we can make music and sustain you know food water shelter like for now like the the dream of taylor swift is not not it for us like that's very much not desirable path i don't think and i feel like too like we've really had a lot of fun in vox ray like expanding into other artistic disciplines and and like like Vox Rea, the heart of it and the seed of it's the music and it, it's kind of become like this uh art- artistic collective in the way that we've approached it like in like for example Lauren recently started making earrings 
And like, that's now become a part of the project. It's like when we go to shows, like Lauren is like kind of market style or festival style, like selling her earrings that she like handcrafts at home. And like, we have like artist friends and like we do collaborations with them and like sell their artwork through the project, but it's like their art. And it's it, like, I feel like that's something that intrigues us is is sort of like the idea of Vox Area expanding into something where it's like a community of artists coming together to like old school style, like just like, sort of have their art be shared and like and uh just a means of doing that yeah i mean also just like we love playing music so like touring as much as possible having the music be heard as much as possible just connecting to like the best thing ever like castellano right it's like there's nothing cooler than like like being there and like connecting during the show but also just like the moments after where you're like there and just talking to people about like a shared love of music and just like making friends and like just being able to do that on a continuing basis it's like i think what we want yeah. and just keep making music like just yeah find a way to do it every day it almost seems to be more desirable really to like to use the pop landscape as an example to be a kate bush as opposed to an ariana grande yes we're just dropping the, yes. the now very relevant Kate Bush, yes. of course, when this episode drops, that'll, yeah. that will fade a little bit, but Kate Bush will always be awesome. Yeah, straight up. And I, I guess also, like, it's, like, not, I, I find, like, and I guess that comes back to this is not a product. It's, like, so much at that level. It's, like, where you're making your money or, like, where you're successful is, like, turning your name into a commodity at that point. It's, like, you're selling perfume. You're selling, like, it, like you're doing makeup commercials. It's, like, so much more about that, like, than it is... I don't know. Like, I feel like, yeah. Whereas like, I'd be probably happier being like a low level, like touring band where we're actually just like doing music and like, I don't know, just like making our wares and like selling them on the road, like in a traveling van. Um, and just like at a lower level, like, and I, I guess like the idea of fame kind of freaks me out too. The older I get, that's like something that like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's oh, like a life sentence that I, I don't know that I would want like that's and it's certainly not the goal like i think there's degrees too now with streaming like it's so different with spotify because there's so much music and there's so many people like even on my playlist i know like i don't i couldn't tell you the artist names of like half the songs but i love them and that's enough and like it doesn't need to be like you know five people that are in the spotlight like and that's kind of nice like i like that's the new way that you can just have nice music and people don't need to be like it's fox Rea or whoever like it's doesn't matter it's just out there I always thought the idea of like really obsessive idol worship, even as a teenager, would be mm-hmm. kind of weird. Like I had my, you know, I had my rock bands that I thought like those guys were like superheroes to me, but like I never thought of like, oh, I'm going to stalk them or yeah. like I need to know everything about their family. Like, yeah. I don't know. A little different, I suppose, uh, when it comes to the type of music you listen to and how yes. it's marketed, but. Yes. Yeah. And I guess too, like for, it, it's like art has now like the more we sort of like think about it and do it has become an exercise and i guess i said this before but like getting around our ego like it's just like for us it's like an exercise in presence it's like a meditation like it's like that the whole point is to like escape from your your own head and like being stuck in that sort of egotistical like anxiety space so it's like when it becomes all about you the person that's like the exact opposite of the point like the point is to just like be able to create scenarios like whether it's a show studio or just like writing where you're like in the flow and it's not about you at all you know so like i feel like fame is like actually kind of the 
exact opposite of the reason that we're now doing this. You're one of those artists that's like so crazy. It just bleeds into your music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool. But really, we're just like nerdy, awkward, like boring people. So <laughs> it's a small, small group of people that are like that crazy where. Yeah. And that's still cool. Good. And I love that. Like, I love the whole like Faustian legend, like the idea of, you know, like the Jim Morrison's and like the like that whole shtick is so fun to me. And the idea of like the the artist being a work of art in themselves, like the personality and I, I love that but I also I don't know I also like the idea of being able to like step away and just like I don't know have chickens in like a normal life <laughs> you know what I mean we've been talking about uh artwork and the visual element of the band uh, a, a bit and the the cover for your latest album is definitely one of my favorites of the year and has this dark psychedelic eerie feeling to it uh who did you work with to come up with this design and in what ways does it represent the music on the record itself? Okay, well, we worked with Denisa Rama. Am I saying that right? Okay. She, I found her on Instagram. We saw some other artwork that she did or a cover album artwork that she did that we loved. And we're like, this is exactly what we want to do. It's, and it's very, um, it's, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, I've never seen it before. Like I've never seen the kind of work. It's a graphic design that she does. Like she, she makes it all in Photoshop, but it's just, um, otherworldly, I guess is the way that we wanted to present the album. Cause all of our visuals, we kind of want to detach it from earth itself. Like it, it is on earth, but you don't know where, like there's no people usually. So it's just, that was a huge goal was in the album artwork to represent that sort of like mythical elsewhere situation. <laughs> so she was our girl from indonesia uh she does like yeah i guess like you said like it was like a, f- a photo and then she does graphic design on top she's insane so if anyone's looking for album art denise aroma is your girl yeah this uh question actually ties kind of in what we were talking about in terms of navigating the industry and um making choices to help you know make enough money to keep making art yeah. um you did a collaboration with Fieldhouse brewing in which customers could enjoy an augmented reality video scanning a qr code on the cans of hibiscus dark cherry sour which sounds really nice it was uh <laughs> do you think creative partnerships like this and the use of emerging technology are going to become more commonplace for artists in the near future yeah i i do and and i think like creative partnerships is such a cool word and that's sort of exactly like what we wanted to do and I, I guess it's like the way of still participating in industry without it feeling like this evil like corporate entity is like working with local brands like working with local artisans artists like I think that's definitely the way of the future and it, it's just so cool like it's like on the ground I mean we just reached out to them because we loved one of their beers we were like one of your beers got us through the pandemic like you would never consider <laughs> doing a collaboration and like it was just they had just had a marketing meeting where they had talked about just that and it was like a perfect serendipitous moment and uh yeah like I, I absolutely like I think that's the and, it, and, it's, and it's a way of like engaging in different like I guess in a way like craft beer is a creative industry just like music is so it's like, I don't know, we're just, yeah, we're excited to to dip our toes and just sort of work with other artists, be they uh, beer makers or otherwise. Any industries that you'd be particularly interested in partnering with? I think slow fashion is one of the big ones for us because we love, I, like personally, I love aesthetics and I think a lot of our imaging, um, and we've been doing a lot of, we do everything, but just particularly our own styling has been one that we've taken on um, and 
yeah, it's been really fun getting to work with stylists and figure out, you know, like unique looks that nobody else has. And that's, that's been really fun. I'm trying to think of other industries that I guess design, like with, with Maud, she, she made the, all the graphics for our, um, for our merch, like all the mushrooms and it's, but it's beautiful getting to, cause she's, she's one of our good friends, but seeing the way that she interprets our project and then puts it into art, like that's such a unique experience getting to see it just the way yeah the way that she interprets it and she's like okay this is how I see you guys and here's here it is it took me five minutes we're like okay cool like that's so cool so I I don't know I I guess I'm just saying visual things but I also love beer but (laughs) yeah no that's I think that's good yeah how has your record been received by fans new and old Mm, that's a good question I mean I think it's been received well like it's always hard to gauge you know like especially like in this era of the internet not that it's an era I don't think it's gonna ever end but like it, it's almost like you just throw it out into the ether and it like it, it's so hard to know but we, we've had some really nice feedback and people reach out from like over all over the world we weirdly have like a connection in Russia which is so strange but there's like a sort of like niche of people in, in Russia that tend to like actively reach out about the music and it's like young girls yeah and they like will say kind of incredible things like um just about like the way that the music has like you know helped them through like um panic attacks and and stuff like that where it's like oh okay like this actually is means something beyond just like my own tiny little world you know like like this place that we've never even been and it's sort of connecting in that way and like helping someone through a panic attack like that to me is just like it, that's the best feedback I think we've gotten just because it's like it's hard to even conceptualize like what that means but it's like that I think is like speaks to just the power of music I don't know it's incredible and uh that, that, that's the one that stands out for me yeah it's cool though I mean it's, it's the best thing ever because you're just like connecting over a shared love of of like our favorite thing in the world so it's like I don't know have we gotten any negative feedback <laughs> anyone like i ignore that shit talking yeah you try it's funny too because it's like the negative is always the one that stands out like that always rises to the top but it's like trying to i'm you know it's fuck negativity man there's too much of that in the world uh but no yeah overall it's just it's been really cool like hearing people sort of being able to use it in that way also, some of our old Catherine's fans are still still kicking around, so that's the best thing ever. If they're you know they're still here, still with it, they love it. So that feels really nice seeing them still in the crowd. We're like, oh, it's totally different, but like, yeah, it's awesome. It's not like there's a massive shift between the Catherines and Fox Tree. It's more like an evolution. It's not like you went from oh, I don't know <laughs> no. bl- <laughs> bluegrass to yeah. like. Uh, I don't know dubstep or I don't know (laughs) that's coming (laughs) just wait but yeah no it's totally an evolution what else do you have planned to promote the record and what are your plans for the rest of 2022 yeah what else we have new songs we recorded some new songs in the spring also with Connor and Tim so back with the OGs and uh, yeah we're very excited about those and uh, what else for promoting the record yeah at this point it's really just on the ground like i think we've kind of done our like uh Mm. we have um we did sort of like a album short story visualizer that's on youtube now but it's 10 minutes um (laughs) but it has uh, basically all the sound is from the album and it's just this 
yeah so if, if anybody wants to see a little taster of the album it's there and how did you come up with the ideas that are made uh up of in the short film it's always so chaotic but also like it just flows usually we have some like pointers of like these are the key concepts you want to touch on these are the different environments we want to shoot in like this is how it relates to the past footage we've done with our other music videos so it all kind of comes full circle but at the end of the day we have sort of like a quick chat before with our videographer and then we did but like still it wasn't that's true we had we had like sort of a um document outlining like the different themes and how it would all sort of connect um but still though i feel like when we're shooting though it's very like let's try this like what about this like the inspiration comes in the moment as well which i really like about the way that we film because it's it we do prepare but also we like give you know in the moment it's like okay what's what is the environment giving us like what what feels right so it's kind of fun it's feels creative it's really cool because that reminds me of there's a uh, country artist named sturgill simpson who it's one of the few country artists i i listen to because he's a little bit more on the alternative side uh he actually came up with a visual um a visual album that's on on netflix for his rock album called sound and fury and there's basically every song has their own it's kind of got a narrative to it but like it's basically a long music video for every song on the album yeah, he works with a bunch of different uh, uh, Japanese anime studios for oh each God, each of the songs. That's rad. I mean, in visuals and music are like, uh, what do you call that? Like honey and milk and honey. But they just go together so beautifully. And I, I guess like part of our something that we wanted to do too is like never in, in our visuals or in our like interviews or anything, like we're, we're, we're not in the business of being like, this song is about exactly this and it's like meant to mean this and this is what you're supposed to get from it. Like I feel like that's not at all the artist's job. That's boring. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like we don't even know half the time. Uh, but yeah, like that wasn't what we wanted to do. So when we approached our visuals too, it was very much like we didn't want to make a music video that was like trying to, you know, be like a play by play of like the lyrics or anything. Like we wanted the the visuals to also very much be like just sort of a conceptual, like something to bounce off of, but very open to interpretation and, and like filled with metaphor and like really like, uh, (laughs) juxtapositions was a big word for us when we did the beast. And uh, yeah, just like open to interpretation is a big, big thing that we like to do. So the Beast was very much that. Like it's, it's weird, and I don't even fully know what it means, but we have ideas. <laughs> weird is good. Yeah, weird is we love weird. <laughs> yeah, I love my, I love my art films. Uh, I love my, my, I love my David Lynch especially, and yeah. that's like a recurring thing where he will not explain his art yep. and I, I love that he doesn't do yeah. that he's just like why yeah. <laughs> that defeats That's the point the job. yeah <laughs> and it also just like takes something oh, away from from the people can like who are like receiving the art too it's like like that that's the whole exchange that's the whole point is that like you're able to hear this song and it like means something to you because of your life and like what you need to hear it's like it's not really about us you know what local artists or bands would you recommend we check out or bring on the podcast for a future episode? Mm. Okay, well, we we were listening to the Nada podcast on our way here. Oh, but really? We went to their album release show last night, and they're insane. 
Yeah, that's just like a crazy, crazy group. So I Thanks recommend for listening to that episode. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were we were listening on the way because we I, like. I hope the audio was okay because uh, we recorded that. Um, I assume they, they were like in a, a park. Yeah, yeah, it was a COVID that, so. like COVID episode. Yeah. But yeah, they they're incredible. Like we did a festival with them a few months ago, and we're just like, whoa! Like, who are these girls? Like, this is the craziest thing we've ever seen and their album release show was also just another extension of that like it was this like cosmically beautiful like in the chinese gardens just like i didn't know you could do a release show like that like just absolutely stunning creative beautiful beautiful work so them out wolf too yeah he 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 opened for us at the hollywood recently and he's he's awesome he's got something rumble in there um, there's so much talent in Vancouver. I'm really impressed. Like, especially I feel like post COVID, like I, I feel like I've never seen the city blossom so much with so much just like originality too, like in different niches. And I, I'm incredibly impressed by like, there's just so much talent here. It's, so, it's such an exciting place to be. Anyone else you'd recommend? Mm, like local? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Luca Fagali, I love, I wrote, uh, we wrote Indigo with him that was on the record and he's just like a beautiful soul and his voice is that of an angel. <laughs> um, who else? I mean, obviously check out all the 604 crew, yeah. our homies on the label. They're all incredibly talented human beings. One of my, uh, one of my friends, uh, works for 604. Yeah. Is that Catelyn? Yeah, it's Catelyn. Yeah, yeah. He was, he connected us, right? Yeah. I used to, I used to work with, uh, Catelyn at a job, a couple of, couple of years ago but we've kept in touch we're actually That's seeing spoon dope. together uh in what? a couple of weeks yeah oh dope we love catlin he's a g yeah <laughs> catlin rules catlin rules i <laughs> love the name drop on this yeah <laughs> so try and add this catlin? <laughs> oh my god James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many bunch of times like i want to be on your podcast yeah, he should yeah yeah he's well, i might have an idea for that but i'll, I'll hold on to that hey <laughs> yeah. all right we'll we'll watch for that yeah Oh, I guess people you should have on the podcast you asked to. Yeah. Callan doesn't make music, unfortunately. No, but. not yet. It's only a matter of time. Uh, like local musicians, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that includes the island as well, like BC. Ooh. I've had people who live in Kelowna on the show. Cause, really? Uh, well, yeah, like, um, uh, I can't remember. His, oh, um, Andrew Judah is in Kelowna. It's really good. But like he's he lives out there, so I had to do it over a video call, of course, because of COVID. Yeah, oh, we'll have to check that out, Andrew Judah. Yeah, write that down. Yeah, who was that? Bent mother son that was right before us. Yeah, they're they from Kamloops, actually. Yeah. But yeah, they're great. I was so impressed. Absolutely I was, like, have them on the show. Yeah, them. Uh, what else? Fiona or buds? They're they're awesome. They're also like a sister band. They've been at it for a while, and they're like absolute badass musicians. So we love them. They're buddies. Uh, I mean, Charlie Kerr is really interesting too. Hotel Mira. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to Charlie a couple times. Yeah. He's a really interesting dude. Yeah, he's a friend of, I mean, I guess this is all just six or four people, but like yeah. Fake Shark, obviously. Kevy yeah. is like an OG. He's been, he's After been on everything. He's everywhere. Yeah. Like he's, he never stops. He's a machine. He's insane. And just so like knowledgeable, uh, just about so many different things. Like ask him about comedy, ask him about anything. And he'll like, you know, he'll have a million and 10 things to tell you. Um, he's a cultural mecca in a person. Um, <laughs> who else? I mean, you could have Simkin on the podcast. That'd be funny. But uh, it'd be a whole different vibe. What style is uh, their music? 
<laughs> that's Jonathan Simkin as in the uh, the label head of 604. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, you're like, Simkin? Hmm, never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Simkin. Uh, that's a pretty sizable list. Yeah, that's sizable, yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also am just like fishing. Like I'm always like, oh, I need new, need to keep up with like everything that yeah. people are doing, especially in uh, other genres as well because there's a lot of great like hip-hop acts yes. here. Snotty Nose Res Kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Snotty Nose would be great to have. Yeah, they're so cool and so nice. Uh, Nimkish is also awesome. Yeah. Snotty Nose and like Baby No Money are probably yeah. like the two biggest Stevie. hip-hop acts to come out of Crazy, BC. just popping off. Yeah. He's huge now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw, guess, I, I, there's um Channel 5, uh, hilarious YouTube channel, yeah. and he's at like a hip-hop festival in Salt Lake City, and he, he's talking to like Baby No Money and Young Gravy. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> he's, I know, I like went to beach parties with him in high school, like, and he's just like... It's he, cool. Did you see his Juno's performance? No. It was really funny. Oh, I just love that he's bringing comedy back to the game, you know? like he's. I like people who don't take themselves too seriously. His, we, we totally do. His partnership with Young Gravy especially. Yeah. Well, the Young Gravy with his, uh, with his Amish yes. beard. And his delivery too. It's just like... <laughs> you know he's in on the joke, but it's just, it sounds so yeah, silly. <laughs> I know. That's the best thing. It's just like, I love... It is. It's masterful. And, and just, yeah, it's just like nice, like people who aren't taking themselves too seriously it's a, a breath of fresh air that's that tends to sometimes i mean it, it's almost it's kind of a problem in metal as well it's just like you have the i gotta i gotta look tough i yeah. gotta be tough totally <laughs> it's like, yeah but if you're not from that background earnestly then yeah. let's uh, you kind of look yeah, yeah you look a little silly i feel like honestly like some of the metal dudes we've met have been the nicest warmest men ever like you wouldn't think you know what i mean but that seems to be like sort of a a theme that we've noticed is like they're just sweet shy and lovely because so they get all their anger out yeah. on stage. <laughs> yeah, they have exactly. <laughs> yeah, expressing that. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much uh, again. Love the record. Thank uh, you. Very happy to have had a chance to see you at uh, Cat Solano. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you again yes. in a more probably in an environment where you're headliner or something like that. Yeah, that'd be rad. Um, how can listeners keep up with what you're up to and check out your music? Yeah, I mean we're all over the internet. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. We have Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it's all Voxrea. It's very simple. Voxrea is a made-up word, so every tag is just Voxrea. Nothing. Uh, I thought it was Latin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it it is. It's like a combo of two words. Yeah. Still works though. It's nice that you're the only Voxrea. It's a void. It's an internet yeah. void, which was a nice bonus. So nice. Just like it, because trying to find a band yeah. name that's unique is impossible yes. sometimes. Now, the only problem with Vox Rea is when we're verbally telling people, they're like, Boxed Playa? We're like, no. V O X. Doesn't register, you know what I mean? That's it's why not. banner's important to have yeah, on stage. We need a banner. Yeah. But they're very expensive. But Mother Son inspiration. There you just go. Painted theirs. Yep. Yeah. DIY. Name of the game. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. Here is I'm Free by Vox Rea. <laughs>